Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone and welcome back to Locked on Cavaliers, your daily look at the NBA champion Cleveland Cavaliers. As always, I'm Chris Manning, your host from For the Sword. The Cavs win 116-105 to in Game 1. LeBron James leads the way at 35 points, 10 boards, 4 assists for the King, 18 points and 9 boards for Kevin Love, 24 points, 10 assists, 4-1 Kyrie Irving. Um, and to lead the way for Toronto with Kyle Lowry with 20 points, 11 assists, DeRozan with 19 Ibaka with 15. Now the Cavs dominate this game. Um, they they get a 1-0 series lead. It never really fell close. You had that long run in the second quarter uh, where the Cavs led by as many as 18. It got into to, to some dicey territory there and looked uncomfortable for a little bit um, with the Cavs uh, getting you know getting it down um, pretty close there. Uh, gives gets the lowest two and, and so the Cavs kind of push back with. Um, and a six-point run and then a seven-point run to lead by 14 and a half. And the Cavs cruised. Um, Kyle Lowry, you know, had the 20-11. Only five points, three assists after the half. Um, DeRozan, nine points in the second half for the two. And combined, those two guys just didn't play that well in the second half. Patrick Patterson has bat- has a pretty, you know, uneventful game. Didn't shoot well. Uh, for Toronto as well, but here are the three things we're going to look at coming out of this game. And number one is something I've already said that the Cavs just dominated this game. There's no way around this. Um, if you're the Cavs, if you're the Raptors, you you come away from this game sort of feeling like the Cavs are clearly superior. The Cavs blew that lead, bounced all the way back, and just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. They get these big spurts. The Raptors fight back. The Cavs hit another big way. Um, and, and the Raptors had no answer for it. Uh, if you want to look at Kyle Lowry after the game said, it seems the same in, in reference to last year's Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, they get big spurts. We fight back. And they do another big spurt. Lowry said, we got to find a way to limit the spurts, to not let them get going and get everyone involved and get the crowd involved. Um, that is from Lowry last year. And... It's a pretty just, um, 
significant feeling that the Cavs just were the ones putting exclamation points in all these different situations. Um, you had the Cavs just kind of getting all these big moments. You had the, the Shumpert dunk. You had the, the Kyrie Irving, um, LeBron James pick and roll. You had the Amon Shumpert dunk. You had the LeBron swipe. You had other LeBron plays. You had that, that Kyrie Irving uh, crossover of Norm Powell that was just you know, incredible. Um, you had Kevin Love hitting some threes. You had, had Kyle Korver hitting some threes. Even even late in the game, you just look at something like Dante Jones is just kind of drawn with them late in this game, and he gets ejected. And and I'm going to read the, this line from Bruce Arthur. Um, and he wrote, It felt like Cleveland played like they knew they were the best team and screwed these guys. You could see LeBron's first quarter alley off the glass in which he called for the ball at midcourt off a turnover from Kyrie Irving. Um, the Cavaliers made a joke of this game. They destroyed the Raptors in, in every single sense of the word. The Cavs come away of this game feeling should should be very much feeling superior, should very much feel confident in how they played. Um, LeBron's you know made that this quip about how they practiced more in a week than they had in all of March, and you can tell that that benefits them. This is a team that came in rested, energized, focused, and they made a statement in this game. And aside from that second quarter, um. Th- they played great, and there's not really a whole lot to complain about the Cavs as a performance in this game. They, they were dominant. They were electric. Um, and that Bruce Arthur column, I, I really think of everything I've read so far about last night's game over at the Toronto Star is, is going to be your best read about the game. It's just a really good piece of writing, and I'd recommend go reading that over at thestar.com. So takeaway number one, Cavs dominant. Rather should come out of this, I think, feeling a bit shell-shocked, at least in some ways. Um, number two is that the Cavs... If they're going to tinker, I think you may see tinkering with that second quarter lineup. It's it's something we've seen be a feast for the Cavs. It's something we've seen be a, a really successful part of LeBron's repertoire the last two years. But I think you saw some of the issues with it in this game. Now, the Raptors, conversely, are going to have our time playing Jonas Valanciunas, a guy that I think could manipulate a training fry type guy. Um, but he's going to have a really hard time playing even against all shooters. Toronto in this game went on their big run that got the Cavs' lead down to as little as two in that second quarter against LeBron and Darren Williams and Amon Shumpert and Channing Frye and Kyle Corbett. It's Cavs plus bench. It's the all-shooting lineup. It's the space and let LeBron throw whip and run passes and we're just going to outscore you in that stretch. That lineup is not designed to stop people. (laughs) It is never going to stop people. It has to be good enough. It has to hit a, just a basic threshold of, of competence on the defensive end. And it didn't do that in this game. That's where Toronto really made its run, and, and I, I think you will have to see potentially some rejiggering there. What Lou did late in this game to kind of ride out um, Toronto in the fourth quarter was he went to Tristan Thompson significantly about three, four minutes earlier than he would have been um, to kind of just stamp everything out in that fourth quarter. He went to, finally played a few minutes, and he really, really played bad defense in this game, which probably shouldn't be too much of a shock. And he went to Thompson, uh, gave, put Thompson in that role he played so well last year as that as that rim protector and defensive anchor of those second men um, units, and it worked. It helped the Cavs kind of settle things down. Now, that's not replicable, necessarily 
I don't think you can play Tristan there because you want to play him most of the third. You, I mean, and you could certainly because then you maybe want to play Love and Fry together, which certainly has it, you know, its issues as well. Uh, maybe you could you could bump LeBron up to the four and have Love go to the five with an RJ or a Shummer coming in, but you're also going to be giving up size and the rebounds there. Um, and I don't know if you necessarily necessarily want to play that way. Maybe you see it in the fourth. Thompson just comes in earlier, and he has to play more minutes. That's fine. That's what this part of the year is for, um, and you can adjust. But the one tweak I think I might want to see is the Cavs could go to LeBron James, slide him to the five, have Richard Jefferson, who was not who didn't play uh, Monday night. He can come in, and you can just still have the shooting, but you'll be able to switch. You'll be able to... Um, have LeBron kind of dictate things at the five, and I don't know how Toronto counters that. I th- Toronto is going to be at their best, I think, this series when they're p- probably playing Ibaka and Patterson. Those two guys are their best, plus probably Norm and DeRozan and, and Lowry and Demar Carroll and Peach. Well, okay, I should I should necessarily say that they're that they're best with um, with Patterson and Ibaka, but it, it's something where you have to have PJ Tucker, Demar Carroll, Patterson, Ibaka. Three of those four guys have to be on the floor with. Um, Lowry and DeRozan. Powell probably figures into that too, but I think defensively he he's going to really struggle in this series. Um, and I think you have to have the switchability. You have to have multiple guys you can throw LeBron. If the Cavs can can go really small, if LeBron can rebound it, and RJ can rebound in that lineup as well, and maybe Shumper can because he um, has shown flashes of being a competent rebounder uh, in the past, I think that's the counter, and I think Toronto would have to go something like Lowry, DeRozan, Powell, Carroll, and Tucker, and, and that's something that I think the Cavs would really feast on, but maybe that's their counter, and I think Fry is going to have a hard time in this series if he defends like he did in this game. He certainly hit threes, but the Cavs are not going to be able to turn to uh, Tristan Thompson in all those instances, and as much as the Cavs dominated this game, the bench did struggle, and that, that's kind of the one area. Um, of concern I think you have as much as good as they played Toronto also certainly did just kind of hit a lot of threes and the Cavs missed a lot of open threes in that second quarter I don't want to understate the the, the sort of value of, of that being a thing uh, that's uh, sort of where Toronto did a lot of its damage and I think there's things there that they did particularly if Abaka and Patterson maybe shoot better and particularly Patterson shoots better that's where they're going to do some of their damage we did not 100% see that late in the game, but lose trump card in the fourth is going to be to go back to Tristan Thompson. So what do you do in the second quarter? Maybe that's where we see LeBron at the five. We see Richard Jefferson get back to getting some minutes. Um, the Wildcat sub in that one Wildcat for another one and go super small and play that way. I think that's sort of a possible counter. And maybe it'll sort of work itself out as well. And maybe, um, you know, Fry will kind of play better on defense or... You know, maybe as I, as also I mentioned that maybe he'll sub in, um, and you'll have to see him in love, and Thompson will just kind of come in with that line. That could be a tweak as well. But um, the easier tweak to, to make for me seems to be that LeBron could just slide to the five, just because of timing of rotations and whatnot. Uh, the last takeaway I'm going to have, and we'll talk a little bit about Kyrie as well, because uh, the end of the show you will hear from his post game. You'll hear that'll be the post gamer uh, as I was at the game. But the last takeaway I have is about the thing we talk about most, really, when it comes to the Cavs, and that's their defense. Um, 
you know, Toronto shoots 43.8% from the field in this game, 385 from the three-point line. Uh, went to the line nine less times than the Cavs. Cavs made more free th throws than the Raptors took, actually, which is sort of a funny thing, but I think the Cavs defensively did more of something similar to what they did against the Pacers than I sort of expected. Um, you had a lot of really hard traps against DeRozan, who, who did really well reading those um, in round one and did, did it okay in this game, but maybe not quite as sharp. You had a lot of traps of Lowry, and there are cracks in what the Cavs are doing there, right? Like, they are rotating a lot. They're, they're betting on effort, sort of winning out over um, bad personnel. But let's say DeRozan, um, you know, gets a screen set for him. The Cavs, what they're going to do is Kyrie Irving is going, if it's Kyrie, most of the time they're going to attack, and they, they run this DeRozan, Lowry, pick and roll. Irving is going to flash towards DeRozan. He's going to get in his way, so he he blocks from getting to the rim. But then the Cavs are going to switch back. Kyrie's going to flop back to, to JR, um, and 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 or Kyrie's going to flip back to Lowry, and JR is going to flip back to DeRozan. Um, you're going to see a space there where DeRozan is going to drive into the lane. He is going to potentially get into the lane, and you have to have the Cavs hopefully having a bunch of bodies there for, for their sake. If they're going to make this work, they have to have a lot of guys waiting there for DeRozan and to make him either give up the ball, take a contested shot, and, and the ball goes the other way if you're the Cavs. That's what you want. Um, DeRozan had some moments where he got through that, especially I thought in the first half and early going he played pretty well. Lowry at his best is going to cause some chaos there. He, he didn't play great in the second half, but he had moments in the first half that I thought certainly played an impact there. And the other thing worth noting, too, is the Raptors are doing um, some stuff to try to get DeRozan on, defended by Irving. They're doing screener screens for screeners where uh, DeRozan, you know, going to run some double screen action just to get DeRozan a switch onto Irving, and they're going to let him attack ISO. The Raptors, as Sean Woodley noted on our last show, maybe aren't as distinctly isolation heavy as the Cavs, but they're a team that, that does sort of rely on the on the playmaking and the individual playmaking of Lowry and DeRozan to kind of work. So that's something to certainly watch for. And the Cavs are really going to let uh, the Raptors shoot. They're going to let Abaka shoot those threes. I got a tweet about that from longtime listener James uh, Watson, Jim Run85, about this. I think I think they're going to let um, him shoot. I think they're going to let P.J. Tucker, who stepped on the line like five times in this game and, and didn't uh, and, and cost his team some points because on twos instead of threes, he's they're going to let him shoot. They're going to let the Corey Josephs of the world and the DeLonda Wrights and the Norm Powells beat them. They're not necessarily going to let Lowry and DeRozan attack them. There certainly are um, some cracks there. There certainly are things that could be better for Toronto. And, and Patrick Patterson in particular stands out as a guy that if he just shoots better, this is a, a, a better, more competitive game. He he, he made one shot. Um, they The Raptors really need him to be the best version of himself to have a chance. And they need Lowry and DeRozan to capitalize on those moments where there is a little crack. And then if you just look... The way the, the the Cavs were attacked in the pick and roll, uh, I think those those little faults uh, in the Cavs' defense are certainly there. So to wrap this up, Kyrie Irving um, ties his again ties his career playoff high with ten assists, twenty four points for him as well. And now we see uh, where the Cavs will be on Tuesday. Uh, you'll hear from Kyrie Irving. He he had a pretty good I thought post game presser, um, and I hope you guys enjoyed what he had to say. Thanks for listening. We'll do a little more breakdown and, and uh, game preview for Game 2 on Wednesday morning. 
Uh, have a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. And here's Kyrie Irving uh, post-game one of Cavs Raptors. Again, the Cavs win 116-105 of 1-0 against Toronto in their second-round playoff series. Um, it's been Chris Manning, Locked on Cavs. Have a good one. You are Locked on Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Kyrie's got Sergeant W the line. Well, the game coach kind of inferred that the first five or six minutes of this one could be a little dicey given the rest you guys had. Did you guys take it upon yourself to make sure that it was the exact opposite of the way you guys started? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can go either way, uh, especially being a full week. Um, and we didn't do any scrimmage or anything else. We just got a lot of shots up, um, some conditioning in. But uh, we wanted to come out, make a conscious effort to move the basketball as well as get on transition and keep the pace up make them play our game and then go from there. Um, but coach was right, it could have gone either way, but I'm glad it went in the direction of, uh, you know, us just getting out in transition and getting some easy shots and as well as moving basketball. Kyrie, within the first few minutes of the game, you know, you and LeBron, two on one break, he points to the sky. I mean, what was really when you saw him just say, throw it up there? Uh, throw it up there in any vicinity, he's gonna make a play. Um, you know, the guy's special. Crazy what he can do in the air, and then um, I just, you know, distinctively remembering uh, him just pointing up behind me, and uh, you know I could have easily laid it up, but uh, to throw it off the backboard like that in a, in a playoff game, in a high intense game, and you know having the trust between us two and him finishing an amazing play like that, um, you know, just another play in the book for me and Brown on that on that alley. What did it mean? What did it mean though? They had that kind of play early in the game. Just to kind of get you guys. Involved. Oh, I mean, twenty thousand five sixty two going crazy. Um, felt good. Uh, get out on a was it a ten? Were we up to uh, ten two, ten three? So uh, felt good and um, the momentum, you know, shifted to our side. Uh, especially in the beginning of the game, you want to start off a game one like that, especially in the playoff atmosphere. Harry Kenny Road WHBC. You're up 96-74 going into the third quarter. We've seen you guys squander some leads in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Yep. How much was there an emphasis today and through the eight days that you had off to make sure that if you got a big lead like you did tonight, that that wouldn't happen again? Um, there's always emphasis going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, sometimes it can go uh, very positive or, or, or sometimes negative, which we've shown over um, you know a few games where we have big fourth quarter uh, going into the fourth quarter we have leads. But uh, tonight, uh, I believe Norman Powell hit two threes and the PJ Tucker hits a three. We call a timeout. Um, you know. We'll go over film. There was a, a about two plays where uh, Kyle helped off strong side corner, gave up an open shot, and then um, we were off the body on Norman Powell. He hits another three, and P.J. Tucker gets a wide open shot. Um, so we just want to limit those type of plays. But if they happen, uh, we come to a timeout, uh, you know, get our bearings straight, and make sure that when we go out there, we execute at a very high level. Uh, we just don't want to come out and, and slow down our pace. If we slow down our pace, then we allow them to set up their defense every single time down, then it becomes tougher, especially in the fourth quarter where um, almost we're, we're up 18. Um, they're about they're, they're trying to play desperation basketball. They have Kyle in as well as Corey Joseph, that one-two punch, and then, you know, as well as Serge. So we just got to withstand their run and um, make four quarter hours, which we, which we finished with, even though they scored 31 points. Greg, Greg Sports Bleacher Report. Kyrie. Career high for you in playoff assists with 10 tonight. Um, hit zero in game four. 
obviously a big jump tonight. What was it about Toronto's defense that made you more of a playmaker and, and maybe a little bit less of a score tonight? Uh, I mean, it's, I don't go out there with the with the intent to uh, have zero assists. I mean, sometimes it just happens that way. Um, and tonight, to hear that's the playoff high, um, obviously that's got to change going forward. But um, I'm just going to go out there and be myself, whether I have zero assists, 10 assists, be aggressive on both ends of the floor and do whatever it takes for my teammates to win, for my team to win and help my team win. Um, so there's no implement uh, for me or focus going into that. Uh, I need to make more plays or get my teammates involved. I'm going to do that anyway just based on the way I play. So, um, you know, attracting guys coming off screens when I'm taking two on the basketball and then making plays on the backside. And sometimes this just may not fall in my hands. It may fall in one of my teammates. So I'm fine with that as long as we all put points on the board. And we come out victorious, I'm, I'm okay with that. Kyrie, uh, Eric Smith, Sportsnet. You are just talking about the fourth quarter leads there a moment ago. Second quarter tonight, you guys are up 18, Toronto cuts it to two. And as soon as they do that, you flip the switch again, go on a big run yourselves, go back up 14 by half. What was the difference in just those two separate four or five minute runs, pro and con? 2.54 on the clock, uh, got to finish up the quarter. Definitely made a conscious effort on our end to finish it, we executed. Got in transition a little bit, made some shots, and uh, going to halftime, you got to do that, especially in the playoff game. Um, it's very vital for us to go into halftime, um, you know, not with uh, necessarily comfortably, because no lead is comfortable, but feeling like we're we finished the half the way we wanted to. Uh, they're a great team; they're going to make runs. We understand that. We just got to withstand that and stick to our our game plan and execute at a high level. Toronto right now, Akron Journal. Just one more quick thing about the alley oop. Did you ever? Pulled that off with the backboard before, even just keeping around. Of course, yeah. I, you guys haven't seen a lot of it, but you know, just a lot of alley oops. Um, but I haven't been the only one that's throwing a backboard alley oop to him. Um, you know, he's been doing it over the course of his career. I don't know if it's necessarily been done in a playoff game, but glad I could be a part of it with him and make, make uh, you know, for him to make an amazing play like that. And I don't know if you saw him grab the beer, but it seemed like you guys were having fun at that point. I mean, what did that say? Do you, do you have a reaction about that? It was meant to happen. It was meant to happen. Honestly, um, you know, Brown wanted to pretend like he was drinking beer this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ray Jasky, ESPN 990. Uh, LeBron last series, early in the series, uh, kind of raised some eyebrows and said, we're, we're just there, we're right there, we're real close, something like that. A couple more games, a couple more wins, then tonight. Does it feel like it's really like you are right there, like the cohesion is happening, the assimilation of the team will, Kyle Corver, getting guys back from injuries. Like, like uh, you only had four turnovers through three quarters today, you have the high assist numbers. Does it feel like we're almost there, the Cavs are, like you guys are right there? Uh, I mean, I wish there were a perfect world, especially a perfect basketball world where everything can just genuinely go right every single time down, but it doesn't. Um, it, it switches, the momentum switches. Um, so many mistakes have been, there, have been out there, and our job as basketball players is to not only put the ball in the hoop, but to make our teammates better and make sure we're there um, on our defensive executions and making sure that we are all dialed in. And sometimes it's not going to look perfect, but for us, we play at a high level for a consistent amount of time, and we wear on the team. I feel like we're in a great place. And when the ball's moving, guys are being aggressive. There is no, there's no questions. Uh, about the moves that guys are making or the shots that's being taken. We're, we're all just trusting one another and the, 
and the basketball guys end up being in our favor when we play like that. Um, we're playing at an incredibly high level. Um, obviously, there's some things that we can still get better at, but uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, you know, we know the ultimate goal. We know what we want to attain, um, and we understand that every step in every game is is a step closer to that goal. So, never take any wins for granted. Um, go out there tomorrow, watch film, and then go from go from there. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17